You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. weeks to go till the Oscars. So just a quick reminder to start the show, go to screeningandkingston.com, go to the Oscars pool. You can see the tab at the top uh, when you land on the page and uh, fill out your ballot. We've already had some people fill it out. We're getting more each week. I want to I want to break our own record. I want to have a lot of people signed up this year. So get, get there if mm-hmm. you can. Enter our contest. Tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your dog. Sixth annual. Are we sure it's the sixth annual? You just, I feel like. You I double checked. checked. I double okay. checked. So, so I'm going to, here, right now, I'm going to tell you exactly who won every year. Okay. 2019, Austin. Yeah. 2020, Moira. 2021, Cody. 2022, Tyler Vance. 2023, Ruth. You'll also notice that Tyler Vance is the only one who gets uh, a last name. Of course. Because he's just one of those names. Like, you can't, I got to say Tyler. I know. Tyler it's like how I say Katie Wilson. Exactly. It's it's always full name. So th- that's the five winners so far. So 2024 is wow. this is number six. Wow. We've been doing this. Whew. And uh, you should have said Austin uh, producer. Oh, sorry. Austin producer. Yes, that was. Uh, I actually think now I'm pretty sure now we'd have to go back and Austin producer would actually be able to correct us on this. But I think that might have been the first time we ever heard from Austin producer. Like I'm pretty sure Austin won that, that Oscars pool. And then he produced his first episode. Like, I think yeah. I'm pretty, if I'm positive, that's the first time. That we sounds ever about heard right. Yeah. I also am surprised to learn that he won in the first year. Yeah. Like that. I don't, for some reason that's surprising to me. I feel like Austin, Austin was producing for us later like in the history of the show, but I guess he's just been with us from the beginning. So shout out to Austin producer. Thank you for being on this wild ride with us. And one other correction, Mike, we technically had two winners last year. Who was the second winner? The what? The woman Kira who got zero. In my oh, mind, she's right. a winner, not a loser. That's correct. That's right. Because Kira got to produce her own episode, which was about Barbie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we had to watch the Barbie movies. Yes. Not the Barbie movie, but we had to watch Barbie movies. Yes. 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 And I remember one of them was okay and the other one was terrible. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, there you go. Who will win this year? Will they finally take us up on our offer to host? Because that is always, I want to also mention to our listeners, that's always on the table. You have the option of A, hosting, be producing and in the history of the show maybe tyler took us up on hosting but i think tyler's the only one who came but he also had been hosting before that so he was probably like whatever this isn't even it it wasn't even special for him i'm pretty sure he even said that he pretty much like abused that privilege of coming on the show and people wonder why we haven't heard from him in a long time you know <laughs> but you too can abuse the privilege if you'd like to host if you like to produce Absolutely. that is the prize 
Yes, we're all we're all jokes here. Tyler's welcome back anytime. We like having guests. You've got well, a handful. you know, having guests is such a, just for some behind the scenes. It's so interesting to have guests, Taylor, because it makes doing the show, like recording the show, kind of easier because you have another person here. There's usually a topic. It's a bit of a you, you don't have to worry about filling space. Like there's cool, no breezy. concern. But the editing, I will admit, and I've told some it's people this, it's actually a little harder. It, yeah, and it's not, some people are fine, and I'm not going to name names, but let's just like take Tyler Vance as an example, because we're already talking about him. He won't mind. Editing for Tyler Vance isn't too bad, because he's done it so often that he 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 kind of understands the cadence that you require to do a podcast, but not all guests are like that. So if you have to edit out a lot of awkward pauses, you have to edit out a lot of retreading of their speech, you're trying to kind of gather their thoughts, it makes it more difficult. You and I have such a, a, a flow going that even when we make a mistake, I usually keep it in there, mainly because I'm lazy, but also because it works. Yeah, it's funny. It works. But that's, you know, just an interesting thing of sometimes we bring a guest on, especially when we bring multiple guests, the editing can become a bit of harder so so it's it kind of balances that workout for me it's about the same amount of work so not that i should discourage people i should quickly say if, if you want to come on the show you're more than welcome knowing how people like to torture us if anything that's an incentive to host everybody's oh, gonna make on. editing yeah. harder for mike i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna come on <laughs> and it's so interesting because it seems to only be related to the Oscars pool that this happens. Because otherwise, when we invite people on the show, more often than not, they, they take us up on it. You know, yeah. we even in our whatever celebration that was, I can't remember, we celebrate all the time. There's a celebration we did where we brought a bunch of guests back. It was like eight people. And it wasn't even everybody. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's nice that we have a community here that wants to come on the show but the Oscars crowd, they just want to celebrate their victory in silence and usually make us do really tough things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if that's what you want, then do that. But go fill up the Oscars pool. That was kind of my point in, in this beginning rant to get that uh, going. Um, this, is a, this is a week we've all been waiting for. Uh, I feel like I say that too often on the show. But it's, we, we hyped this up because last week we were all like, Madam Webb. I had so many Valentine's questions. Day. Oh, so many things. I saw Madam Webb. And, and Taylor, I had another funny theater going experience where someone leaving the theater said something I thought was hilarious. Please share. So I want to tell that story too. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it, we got to talk about that. You saw something that no one's heard of as usual. Yep. So we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I can tell that story if you want, because it's, it's fascinating. So I don't know if you know about the Bob Marley movie. It's, yes, my um, mm-hmm. I have a coworker who I don't want to say frequently, but like, uh, not often, but like, less than once a year, but more often than most people goes to Jamaica. I know that was a really weird <laughs> way. To that's like, it, that's but, oddly specific. Yeah, yeah, like she like they choose Jamaica kind of as like their holiday spot. So, and then I have a coworker who's married to a woman who is from Jamaica and they do go like once a year um and so they've been they've been talking about the Bob Marley movie because of the Jamaica connection and I'm pretty sure she saw it 
the the woman who vacations down there. I'm pretty sure she saw it opening weekend. So that is why I I know. I mean, I like knew about this movie kind of like on the periphery, but it has been the talk of my office. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you people. got a little little bit of, a little bit of background. Yeah, so. That movie just opened, One, One Love, Bob Marley, yes. One Love, I think is what it was called. So as I'm waiting to go in to Madame Web, the the theater beside, of course, I'm in VIP, obviously. Of course. So the theater on each side, like on one side, you've got that romantic comedy we were talking about with Glenn City Powell Sweeney. and City Sweeney. Yeah. So that was on one side because I guess I guess it was pause, already in theaters. Pause the story, Mike. Did you see the headline that that movie... And I don't know the name of it. It has like a very dumb rom-com name. It is now the highest grossing Shakespeare adaptation ever. Beating out Romeo and Juliet, the 1996 version. Wait, what Shakespeare play is this adapted from? Yeah, I had no idea. I think it's adapted in the same way like 10 Things I Hate About You is technically a Shakespeare play. Hold on, we gotta pause. Yeah, We're not talking about anything else for a few minutes. What? What? What is the name of this movie? Oh, let's look it up real quick. <laughs> because I gotta, I gotta find this out. We gotta look it up right now. Sorry, uh, listeners. Anyone We're but gonna you? Anyone but you? Um, it's a gloss on Much Ado About Nothing. How? Which is that not How? the same one as Ten Things I Hate About You? No, 10 Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew. Okay, right. So apparently uh, this is, it's a gloss on Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, it's a more likable, uh, wait, but Will Gluck's formula, formula romantic comedy is much, is mu- most likable for the brash way it lets its two up and coming stars channel the age of apathy. Okay, none of Loosely that. Loosely based on much to do about nothing. Yeah, I see it right here. What's that one about? I don't remember. That wasn't much, one I don't think I don't think we studied that one in school. No, much much to do about nothing is about this like so it is about two people who fall in love and from what I remember it's like this this duke shows up to this kind of event party thing and really is taken with by this young woman who's who's like the daughter of someone special or important. And then he like tries to impress her and it really doesn't work. And then he ends up having to go like undercover disguise himself for some reason. I'm trying to remember from the movie that came out a couple of years ago, which I really liked. Um, There's a much to do about nothing movie that came oh, out wait, 15 was that years a... ago. Well, guy who did Buffy, didn't he direct? Yes. It? Yeah. The, yeah. And it was in black and white. Um, so I was trying, yeah, I'm trying to remember what exactly happened in that one, but much to do about nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a romantic comedy, but I'm, I'm this confused. Must be, when they say loosely, it must be very loosely. <laughs> From everything I've seen in the trailer, I wouldn't even guess. I thought it's more of, um, the trope, like enemies to lovers. Like they hate each other and then they fall in love. That's what the no. That's that's taming. Like. That's taming of the shrew. Um, but that's I, I'm the, just saying that's what the yeah, trailer yes. for anyone but you looks like. All of the they hate each other, but they're somehow stuck together. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying um, to remember much to do because like that's the thing. Like when you watch Ten Things I Hate About You, it's so clearly taming of the shrew because it is about 
oh, the I want the, the idea is like the guy wants to date the younger sister, but the dad has a rule that the younger sister can't date until the older one does. So the guy tries to set up the older sister, right? Like that's literally the plot of Taming of the Shrew. Whether you do the whether it's the movie or, or the play, it doesn't matter. Much ado, I'm just trying to remember. Like it's been such a long time since I read says, that, but I love Wikipedia, I love the movie. Wikipedia says the play is set in Messina and revolves around two romantic pairings that emerge when a group of soldiers arrive in the town. The first between Claudio and Hero is nearly succuppered by Hero, the that's his name. Or accusations yeah. of the villain. The second between Claudio's friend Benedict and Hero's cousin Beatrice takes center stage as the play continues with both characters wit and banter providing much of the humor yeah so this is a movie that's only i believe about two people not multiple lovers which is what i'm which what's confusing me because i thought much ado it's much more of a like ensemble thing right. and there's like multiple storylines so they must have taken one storyline and shoved it in there and been like oh, okay it's much ado but nothing we have to credit where it came from. Apparently there's lots of secrets and trickery that form the backbone of the play's comedy, intrigue, and action. Yeah. It's definitely much to do is definitely not one of the kind of classics, but I every rendition I've seen of it, I've enjoyed. So, so maybe you're gonna love this movie. But anyway, so back to so maybe the, <laughs> interestingly, um it, yeah, it's the highest gro- grossing Shakespeare, and so far at the box office, it's made one hundred and eighty nine point three million on a budget of twenty five million. That's, so that's wow, pretty good. That's, it, that is pretty good, and it was getting like a Valentine's Week encore screening or something like that. All this like signage for it that it was getting like this extra push for Valentine's Day. Anyway, my only point was that it was on one side of me, and the Bob Marley movie was on the other. I didn't mean to <laughs> go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> But basically, so as the Bob Marley movie let out, this guy, followed very closely by his girlfriend, wife, whatever, kind of like, kind of ran out of the theater, not like maybe he had to go to the bathroom or something, but like that's the direction he was heading. But he, I overheard very clearly what he was saying. And I don't know if he was talking to her or if he was talking about people, but this is word for word what he said. I don't care if you want to, I, like, I don't care. No, that's not what it was. It was, oh yeah, I was, I don't care about hearing you sing all the songs. It's not a concert. You can enjoy it all you want, but you can't just sing the songs in the middle of the movie. He must so have I don't been know, able to hear someone <laughs> like singing <laughs> along. Or I wonder, <laughs> you know how every once in a while you, if the movie you're in is quiet and then the movie beside you is loud, like for whatever, like the sound editing, and every once in a while, you can hear the other movie while you're watching your movie. I wonder if he was sitting again, like close to the wall, and could hear people singing in the Bob well, Marley. Well, I think I think he was. Or in was the he Bob coming Marley out of the bar? He yeah. was coming out yeah. of the bar. Okay. So I think he was I, complaining because people were singing along. It would be, be amazing if it was about his partner. I don't care. It's not a. It's not a concert, Claudia. That's Shut the thing, up. like, it could have, he could have been saying that to her about her or to her, but, like, in the third person of, like, complaining about yeah. other people. Um, but I thought that was really funny because I will rant on this show with people I'm with about various things. Like, I'll go on rants and stuff, but I don't do it that publicly. 
Like that's the one thing I don't do. I know, but I just, I think of it because I watch it happen where I'm like, I agree with everything he's saying. I just don't personally agree with the way in which he's going up about it. Right. Like what if someone who was singing heard him and their feelings are hurt? See, I think their feelings should be hurt. They should, they should hear. (laughs) I think, I think they should shut up. I think they should stop. I think if you want to like approach the person or say something to them, then power to you, you should do it. I certainly would do that. I've done that before, but I just, I don't passive aggressively coming out of theater and yelling is, is was he very loud? Loud enough that I heard him. Right. I don't know how, but also you got to understand here, the context of, I think he had to go to the washroom. So I think he was also (laughs) running, (laughs) you know, fast. Like calling out behind him. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, yeah, so that that was also the context of it. But again, you know, putting more context into it, I have this show to rant every week. Yeah, not I everyone to, so has I kind of have an outlet. Yeah. Not everyone has a soapbox. We just happen to be fortunate enough to have a public platform to gripe, to gripe, to gripe and shame and, and discuss <laughs> and yeah. But yeah, that was another. Every week I see every time we go to a movie theater, I seem to have another experience just like this. Where something happens. Also, as I was walking through the movie theater, Taylor, you know how in front of the theaters, they'll have like a little poster box that has like the digital poster in it for movies. Like at fancier theaters, they, they've got right, like yeah. in front. Yeah. Instead of paper, it's digital. Instead of paper, it's like a digital poster. The only, in multiple theaters, the only movie that didn't have one was Poor Things. And it was just written poor things <laughs> across the screen <laughs> no poster that, oh, that was pretty out. funny i thought that was pretty funny so that's my that's my most wees- recent like wacky theater going experience love it uh, love to hear another, it yeah another and that was on moment. valentine's day correct no it was the friday oh, okay. of valentine's day yeah i'm i'm too busy to do stuff during the week I gotta wait until the weekend, uh, but a lot of people were out kind of celebrating. Uh, yeah, like I did it early. I'm sure people do yeah. it when it's smack dab in the middle of the week. I'm sure most people. I feel like a lot of people weekend. chose Friday to do that and stuff. But I mean, certainly, like there was only a handful of people in Madam Web. Like I think the other movies, like the Bob Martin movie, looked pretty packed. So I feel like there were other movies that people were more interested in seeing. Um, that well, weekend, one thing, so. one thing I saw online. Mike, is that people didn't, this movie came out of left field for people. I'm seeing critiques that it wasn't well advertised. People didn't know anything about it. So that could be a reason why your theater wasn't as full. Also because it's a Sony property. Maybe people weren't as interested. But I feel like I've seen more advertising for the Bob Marley movie and for that movie we didn't know the name of. Isn't it funny? I feel like I've seen so much advertising for anyone but you, but I literally had to Google what the name of it was. I wrote yes. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney rom-com. Yes. Yeah, and luckily she hasn't done enough to kind of uh, uh, be confused about titles. There's only one. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't even know the name of it either, or that apparently it's based on uh, based on something Shakespeare, which is just... The yeah, tagline of the movie is... They only look like the perfect couple. So maybe they're pretending to date. And then, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I honestly don't remember. I didn't think that that was what was happening between the two main. Because I think it's like Beatrice and Hero 
maybe who are the two main people. I'm just I'm trying to remember from the movie because that's the most recent rendition I saw, and I'm pretty sure he's just like in love with her, trying to like impress her the whole time. I do remember something about soldiers though. I do remember like them. Yeah, like that. That seems familiar. Whatever. I mean, it is. It is what it is. I. I haven't seen that. Maybe. Maybe I'll go see it. Check out. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I don't think I will. <laughs> I love uh, how you were like. Maybe I'll give it a try. No. No. I. Uh, and I thought about this. going and watching it and sitting through it, and I was like, No, don't do that to yourself. I'll stream it. It seems like the type of movie I'll stream. But I don't think I would. I mean, I like a rom com, but because I have to be so picky and choosy, I this would not be a movie that I would probably go see in theaters. But I'll give it a stream. Why not? I'll give it a try. Give it a whirl. Listen, after my Madam Web experience, I gotta say, like watching pretty people, it's not enough. It's not enough to save a movie. <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> like you I heard gotta it tell here you, first, folks. It's not enough. <laughs> There's, it, it, it's not. It it. Oh, Madam so do you Will. want to jump into your review? The review, yes. <laughs> Mike's review is pretty people can't, uh, pretty people Save is not enough. Yeah, can't, can't do it. You can throw as many Sydney Sweeney's and Dakota Johnson's and the, the, the other two girls. I don't know their names. <laughs> you can throw as many of them in the movie you want. It's not going to save the movie. Um, this, Taylor, this movie was atrocious. Ooh. atrocious <laughs> like i What's the runtime you know i always want to know the runtime because if it's horrible is it like a two plus hour movie <laughs> no it's just under two hours okay Ju- so, just under two hours feels not... like four and a half but <laughs> i was gonna say at least not brutal <laughs> just, but i guess just i guess it, it was brutal i have never in it so in i in just in just hollywood just hollywood movies i've never seen a movie that is so poorly written as as this film this was the worst script i think you could imagine i'm pretty sure under threat of death i could write in a panic state with no, i have nothing around me and all is lost i bet you i could write a better script than this um i normally don't like to to shame particular individuals i will be naming all three credited writers in this podcast and shaming all three of them it took three people to write this garbage (laughs) and two of them teamed up for that morbius movie that apparently sucked and i looked at the rest of their credits i'm like this this isn't good (laughs) these movies are not great and this is an all-time low and the thing is is that this the, the movie had a couple moments where it it felt like there was the shell of a good movie in there somewhere. There was a few direct directing choices that I liked, especially because like I was explaining to you before Taylor, Madam Webb's powers is that she can sort of see the immediate future and do small things to try to change it. Or she has to make the decision is the change better than what we would be getting. Right. Like that's kind of the struggle at the beginning as she's discovering her powers the way the director chose to like show the powers, I thought was pretty effective. It was a little bit confusing. Like as a viewer, you didn't quite know what's going on. You were kind of with her on that. And as the movie progressed, it got clearer and clearer and easier to understand what was going on. So it went from flashes or feelings or thoughts or moments to like clearer imagery. And I thought that was smart. Like, oh, okay, that well done. You're like, learning that was with really, her. Yes, like, and that was a really good directing choice. So I don't, I, I think the director is safe from my criticism. 
because even there's a sequence that was in the trailer where they're on this train and she sees the three girls get murdered and she like has to get them off the train. Whatever. That sequence was actually really, really well done. The way it was cutting back and forth between what was actually happening and her kind of reality, the people around her being like, "You're this lady's just crazy. This is just some crazy woman on the subway. And her trying to kind of like get them out of here and feeling that panic. I thought that was well done too. So it had its moments, but this script is so bad. That's the one of the critiques I'm seeing. Is nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. There's, it, it goes so far beyond plot holes. The plot holes are the least of my concern. There's tons of plot holes. There's also just sentences and words and phrases and, and things that are said that no human being says. So Taylor, there's this moment where the the villain, our villain, is this guy who's kind of immortal, but you don't really know why, and we're not really told because. Sorry, you know, did you say immortal? Immortal. He can't. He can't die. die. He well, he can, but he he doesn't age at all. Got and it. he he's kind of using the power of a spider somehow to do that, and it's not really clear. So he he sees this vision. Also, we don't know why that these three young women will grow up to become spider women and have powers, and they figure out what he's doing because he's evil, and they kill him. Like they get into a fight and he dies. Not that right. they murder him, but they, you know, superhero fight and he dies. So he's now on a, a, a vendetta to to try to get these these girls. That's his idea. I'm going to get them when they're younger, when they don't have powers, I'm going to kill them. Who plays Out this guy? Out of nowhere. Who, who plays this guy? Yeah. An actor named Tahar Rahim, who recently was in Napoleon. He had a smaller role in Napoleon. Um and I believe I, I've seen him in something else. I don't know what, but I saw him in something else. Um, and I know he was in Napoleon. Um, we're going to get to him in a second. Believe me, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> to talk about Tahar Rahim a lot in the next whatever time I have. I might take most of the rest of this episode. Go for so it. <laughs> he, he at one point... You know how there's always that person in the chair, like the man or woman in the chair, who's like your tech person who's talking to the, like, usually it's a good guy talking to them and like, go over here. I, I yeah. can de- deactivate for you. He gets one of those and they never explain it. Who is she? Where did she come from? How did he get all this technology? It's just in his apartment. Also, it's not like he has like an office. She's just, she just appears in this if apartment. He could, if he could see in the future, why does he need... No idea. He can see in the future (laughs) for only the moment to have this vision that he could be killed. Otherwise, he doesn't know where they are. Like, he loses track of some people so easily. He can't track people to save his life. He has no idea. Does he have the same powers as Madam Web? No, he only has super strength and the ability to climb walls. Why, you ask? I don't know. Because it's the same spider that gave her her powers, gave him his powers, but for some reason they're different. Also, who knew that spiders were so magical and mystical like this? Apparently. Now, again, what what I like the movie did is the movie didn't, like, spend too much time worrying about the three girls and how they got their powers because they are younger and they don't have them yet. And I thought that was fine and effective. I, I didn't have a problem. A lot of other people were like, Oh, the movie was advertised where they're all in their suits and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like for a few seconds. But I I knew what they were going for. I knew we weren't going right. to get 
superhero battles. I wasn't expecting that. I wanted I saw that more. too. One of the critiques was that you only get to see them in their costumes in a flash forward or like flashback. Yes. And I'm like, I thought you creeps. Like, I thought that's that, what you were yeah, going Yes, for. 100%. Yes. And yeah, I get it. Like, I get it. Everyone wants to, to see them in their tight outfits. But th- that's not that's not the point of that movie. And I even from the trailers, I got that. So I don't agree with that. I don't think the marketing was the issue in this movie. I think it's 100% um, the writing, um, which, by the way, the, th- the three writers, uh, Matt Sazman, Burke Sharpless, and Claire Parker. I think the three of you should never write anything ever again. You're on time out. It's time to change professions. It, like, it honestly is. Like, especially Burke Sharpless. This is Sharpless. what we strike what for. What a terrible... What a terrible name. Sharpless? Yeah, exactly. Maybe you should sharpen your pen and you'd actually write a good script. Um, that's a good point, Taylor. This is what we this is what we had a strike for. To pay writers to write this absolute garbage. Garbage. That an AI computer could have done. And probably could have done better. We we always, you know, attack uh, AI quite a bit. But um, listen, could have done better. Now the director. S.J. Clarkson, as I said, I thought she did a pretty good job with what she was given. She's a director that I knew from, I think it was Jessica Jones. I can't remember if it was Jessica Jones or The Defenders, but one of those Netflix shows. And she directed a couple good episodes from, from there. I thought she did a fine job with what she was given. I'm sorry, you, you can't direct your way out of a terrible script like this. There's nothing that can be done. There were a few moments where I'm like, okay, in with a better script, I bet you this director could have done a better job. So I personally don't blame her. I don't even blame the actors that much. Like Dakota Johnson, I think this is the first time I've seen her in kind of a bigger role. Because I, okay, I've never seen Fifty Shades of Grey. And there's some rom-com she was in that I didn't see. And then otherwise, I think I've only seen her in bit roles. I just remembered she was in that weird, um, it was like a Jane Austen movie that I reviewed maybe two years ago. Oh, yeah, I remember you reviewing this. Yeah, 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 I did not give it a very good review. But I don't remember if it was because of her or not. Um, But anyway, she doesn't... I'm I'm just going to put it out there. I don't think she necessarily has the best track record. Or maybe, like... Maybe that's not fair. I just feel like she doesn't have an extensive career and the things that she's been in aren't, like award-winning let's put it that way do you think that's yeah. fair that's a fair yes. assessment i would i would say so and she seemed awkward and a bit stiff in this movie which I has been a lot shtick. of dick yeah that's kind of her thing i don't her sort of dis, dis detachment works in the sense that like okay so also her name was cassandra webb which i'm pretty sure madam webb is like the superhero name i didn't think her name was actually webb Anyway, like I mean, it is a last name. Point. It's not. It's, it's also spelt than... differently. Not that this matters, but Cassandra Webb, like the last name, is spelt W E B B, and Madam Webb is W E B. It's better than Cassandra Spider. <sighs> yeah, I guess so. Or if her name was like somehow Madam <laughs> Webb, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was anyway. Mademoiselle Webb. <laughs> Back to Dakota Johnson. The character is. Kind of a, a loner, antisocial cat lady who doesn't really want anything to do with people. And the fact that she's thrown into this situation where she has to take care of three sort of like 
younger, energized, charismatic, full, like, characterized people. Sure. Like that, I, I can kind of see why you would go with Dakota Johnson because she probably can work. But again, it's hard to judge the acting because the script is so bad. Like, well, I don't know what you would do. And I don't know how you would do it because I think Sydney Sweeney is really good and, and she's not in this movie. So I know people can, you know, be up and down and sometimes you can have good moments sometimes you get bad moments, but it's the script. I'm telling you it's the script. It's terrible writing. They, they weren't given enough to do like the three women who she's trying to save they're not characters they're just basically like stock characters you've Could got you've got the you've got the nerdy one you've got the Hot i guess there one. was two nerdy well no well, it was more like their character is more i'm i'm a rebel i like science <laughs> i just want to be left alone like those were kind of the three characters i'm like, a that rebel was a, i'm a loner science but they all they all dressed like <laughs> popular well-off rich young women right like you know what i mean like it was it, their costumes were like one thing and it was just like okay and then they were basically but that's all they were given like it's three caricatures it's three just stock characters that they're playing so they didn't they weren't given anything to do they're not Here's- in the movie that much it's, Here's yeah. a question for you, Mike. So one of the critiques I saw online was that, um, well, like it, kind of two things. So one, Sydney Sweeney, I, I don't know if she said this on the press junket or tweeted this, but essentially it boils down to me like so excited to be in the Marvel universe and like tagged Marvel. And then everyone was like, this isn't even a Marvel movie. Why does Sony right. keep doing this where yeah. they claim... <laughs> They, what are they telling actors essentially that you know they say this is going to be connected to the Marvel world because I guess Marvel helped in promoting this movie or it's is yeah because it's it's a weird side deal because they basically or... basically Sony has the rights to all of Spider Man and Spider Man's characters because Marvel way back before it was a studio sold off the rights like they did with the X Men to Fox. And sold off the rights to kind of save the Marvel brand, actually, because they were going bankrupt. And Sony has owned the rights to Spider-Man forever, since like the 90s. So the thing is, is that Fox went under and Disney merged with Fox and basically got the X-Men back. They don't have the rights to any of Spider-Man's villains, any of Spider-Man's characters. The only reason why they can put Spider-Man in their movie is they struck a deal with Sony. And the deal was Spider-Man will now exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel will help with the Spider-Man movies in terms of Marvel actors, in terms of writing support, in terms of promotion support, and all of that. But otherwise, Sony's actually on their own. So this is presented in association with Marvel, but it is not a Marvel movie. It's not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is like Morbius and Venom, its own thing. Like these so, are just Sony going off and doing their own thing. So Sydney Sweeney was a hundred percent told the wrong information. Yeah. So people are really either like she's dumb or she was like lied to. No, no. I, yeah. That's every. Yeah. Everyone jumped the minute Sydney Sweeney opens her mouth. Everyone's like she's stupid. No. She she was lied to. And pretty. So she people, was lied to. Yeah. I so bet the, you she was told. Oh yeah, you know you're gonna be in Sony. It's a Marvel movie, like great opportunity. She was it's, probably told that from someone. She was probably told, "Oh, it's Spider-Man." You know, Marvel. Marvel, yes, exactly. <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, great, cool. I'm in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, which everyone wants to be in." 
of obviously. Cash cow. And and now she's sitting here going, what have I done? Yeah, <laughs> because... So that's, yeah. so that's the other thing I wanted to bring up is that so people were like, A, like she was essentially bamboozled. And then B, um, what a waste of casting. Because people yeah, were 100%. like, she would have, I don't know enough about the Marvel universe to know like what she would have been better at. Like people in the comments were like, oh, she would have made a better X, Y, Z, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and so, but, so you agree she was totally like wasted, but because this is a Sony movie, what's there, what's to say she won't be eventually cast in a Marvel, like completely. Yeah. And you you do see that happen. And and I'm sure it will be a scenario where if, because she's an epic career. Yeah. If her career keeps going in the direction that it's going, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel comes calling eventually. Um, I think that the concern is because this movie was such a colossal disaster right. and it's a flop that it's going to be a scenario where she's going to be judged too poorly for that. I hope, I hope people are smarter. I mean, I don't think it takes a brilliant person to watch this movie and know exactly what's wrong with it. Like I really don't, I, I, I don't think I'm more in tuned or smarter than the average person. I think anyone walking in there be like, this script is dreadful just the worst movie plot holes terrible lines terrible character development there's no real arc or trajectory like madam webb's kind of whole journey is just so rushed and like she's the whole movie she jumps back and forth from being able to travel for no reason she basically is being accused of kidnapping these girls. No one knows what's going on. She's seen the future. So she takes the girls and is trying to protect them, but everyone thinks she's kidnapped them. So she's like wanted in the US and this is in the year 2003. And in the middle of being wanted and hiding, she hopped on an international flight to Peru, (laughs) which in 2003, two years after 9-11, there's no way she would be able to get on an airplane like there's little things like that international fugitive did she at least have a disguise no (laughs) no no and then she went to peru for like an hour and then came back she's like a normal person right like it's not like she's like a super spy no she's like a a paramedic paramedic. yeah she's a paramedic um and she's teamed up with so adam scott plays her her kind of partner on on the pair like the other you know the teamed up right always two of them so he he so and he plays this is a little uh little inside thing he plays ben parker who is peter parker's uncle but this is the first time in television we've or in movies i should say we've ever seen ben parker young before because this would have been like he's in his like 40s like ben parker we only see in his like 70s and then he gets killed so this is like before he's even met and married Aunt May, uh, his sister, who's who's Peter's um, mother, is in the movie and pregnant with Peter Parker. Um, so that's like a little just like side thing is that to go to Madam Webb, she's partners with Adam Scott, who's Ben Parker. Um, so that was just a little like side nod and like again that was like a little bit neat and i'm like okay cool like whatever but that's the thing like that's a little thread of something that could have been kind of cool and interesting but you didn't really do anything with it and it was just 
bad. And he was really just a comic relief kind of character, but to really counterbalance her. She's like recluse and not really sociable. Doesn't like being around people, whereas he's like the opposite. He's sociable, easy to get along with, wants to kind of get her out of her shell and go do things and that type of thing. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a terrible movie. Um, now I want to talk about Tahar Rahim. Yeah, I was gonna say you you <clears throat> circle back to him. <laughs> so I'm so in in all movies or almost all movies, most people know, but not everybody knows this. When you film your movie, you often will yes definitely talk and act on on set as you normally would but then later in post-production you're often brought in to record your sound for quality purposes for different things they want to do because there might have been noise or different things on set they'll bring you in and they match your your mouth to what you're saying you, you'll watch yourself on screen and you'll talk and you'll match your own things and that doesn't again there's lots of movies that do live sound and they record everything. But often, especially for action movies, there's a pre-production sound that's done. This movie, I am like 95% sure, dubbed his voice with another person because this is the worst dubbing job I've ever seen. That it is he his voice doesn't match him for one second. If you pay close attention, like if you watch him like speak, syncing? it's like, are you talking the about sync's like... bad? The sync's bad. The the actual voice, I'm pretty sure, is another human being, Taylor. Like I'm pretty sure it's French. another person. He's French in real life. Can he not speak English? No, he speaks English, what... but I yeah, assume so he has a French accent. Pro... Does he talk with a French accent in the movie? I I'm pretty sure it was more English, but <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm not. An... And then, uh, not that French people can't expert. do English accents, but no, and not that he's an actor; he should be able to do whatever. <laughs> he and got I don't hired, know why right? <laughs> they did it because I've seen him in other things, and I've seen him speak, and I am pretty sure that's not his voice. And if it is, this was the worst dubbing job I've ever seen. It never matched his tone of voice; stayed consistent no matter what he was doing. You could be in the middle of a fight, and you don't hear him breathing. It's just him continuing to say the lines it and is so awful do you think it was like in pre-production he like re- read the script and they recorded it and then they never went back and dubbed it again? could have been could have been that or could have been he didn't care or the director didn't care or they thought it was good it was like atrociously bad. it was laughable every time he spoke i'm like i can't st- i can't even look at you like i can't stand this and to me, it looked like such a blatant error. And no one's talking about this, which I find so crazy because it was one of the most distracting things about this movie. I just, I couldn't focus every time he spoke. It was dreadful. Hmm. I'd yes. love to get a sound expert to like break down what exactly <laughs> I'm sure. happened here. Give it a couple of weeks, Mike. I'm sure... Um there'll be like YouTube breakdowns or like once it goes to streaming, I'm sure people will be pulling it apart. And, you and can't Taylor, I want you, whenever it's available for streaming, I really want you to watch like 10 minutes of the movie just to see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Get the flavor. <laughs> yeah. That's all you'll need. <laughs> that's all you'll need. You'll need about 10 minutes. And I was going to say like, everything. was he fine otherwise? But like, 
the delivery of lines is such it's a like big part of acting. Crucial. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I would say no <laughs> because it's such a crucial part. And he's the right? main villain, correct? He's the he's the villain. Yeah, right. He's the villain. So he's in a um, lot. <laughs> and there's yeah, and there's no real development for who he is or what he does or what his powers are. Um, if you're looking for positive things, like I would say, like they didn't have a lot to do, but the three girls were fine. So Sydney Sweeney, um, Cassette O'Connor, and Isabel Mercedes or Merced, I think they they were fine. They had almost nothing to do. They were fine. They did their role fine. They they played in distress fine they were fine wasted but if you want something positive i don't think the three of them are are lost causes i don't know what to think about dakota johnson and yeah the villain was terrible just just the absolute worst this movie is i I don't even know if skip it is enough i don't i don't even know how to like (laughs) never watch this movie under any circumstances ever it's it has almost no redeeming qualities to it like i i nitpick to find the good of the of the few things where i thought there was a little bit of direction that i that i did you know thought was pretty good i thought they did an all right job there i thought the three kind of main girls that she's trying to save as actors they were all fine they just weren't really given anything to do um i think a better script Maybe I'd have more to say about, oh, this this worked or didn't work or whatever. But when you have a terrible script, I don't know. For all I know, Dakota Johnson is 10 times better than this. But when you're given a terrible script, what are you supposed to do? You do the best you can with what you're given. I got to read you the Wikipedia critical response sentence, like first sentence. Madam Webb received negative reviews from critics who panned it as a, quote, embarrassing mess and the, quote, worst comic book movie yet (laughs) yeah it's definitely of of comic book movies it's up there for me um i've seen i i have a lot of issues with that that x-men movie for um the last stand which which was like the last of the original x-men i think that movie is pretty atrocious um dark phoenix isn't great either um so this one's up there like it's definitely one of the worst that that I've seen. I don't know if it's the worst. Certainly, writing wise, yes, this is the worst written script I think I've ever seen for any movie. Period, regardless of if it's a comic book movie. Um, from there, though, yeah, I don't know. It, it would be it would be tough. I'd have to sit down and really think about the other comic book movies to see which one's worse. But yeah, this was this had this had very little going for it, and and a mess is a great way to describe it. I have. Um, I- I have one other thing I want to share from the Wikipedia and then I will review my movie because we're running close to the end of time. But there's at the very end of the Wikipedia article, there's a future section and it says Madam Web was supposed to be the start of a new franchise, but following the film's commercial failure, these plans were reportedly dropped. One industry yep. insider was quoted <laughs> as saying, we're not going to see another Madame Web movie for another decade plus. It failed. Sony tried to make a movie that was a different type of superhero movie. Sony supposedly plans to rework their entire franchise depending on the success of Craven the Hunter. 
So. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know why they think Craven the Hunter is going to be so much better. Like they're, they're between this movie and Morbius, which wasn't well received, um, and even like Venom, like hit and miss. Like some, a lot of people like the first one, but then the second one, so so. Um, I you know I'm so so on Venom. They they they're not doing a great job, so I don't know why they think Craven the Hunter is going to be so much better. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a skip it for me. It's atrocious. Yeah, the shame is we're not going to see another Madam Web movie for a very long time. And I think that sucks because there's a lot you could do with that character. I think there's a lot that you can do with the sort of spider women and that kind of multiverse factor. But once again, completely ruined by terrible, terrible writing. And no one, no one on that production at one point in time putting their hand up being like, this isn't going well and we need to deal with this. So shame on everyone who worked on it. I feel bad for the actresses. I do and, too. And the the villain. They're not gonna. They're they're certainly not gonna deserve the bashing that they're gonna get. Because That's I don't think And they're right. young. They're young actresses. I mean, Dakota Johnson. Whatever. She's a nepo baby. She's been in enough. Like she was in the Fifty Shades <laughs> franchise. She's fine. Who cares? Right. But these young right. actresses. That sucks. That sucks for them. Yeah. There you go. All right, so uh, that's my lover stalker my review. killer. Lover stalker killer. <laughs> As you said, Mike, something no one has ever heard of. It is. It was in the top ten on Netflix this past weekend. Um, Sounds like one of those weird games you play when you're younger. Yeah, mash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will yeah, I have yeah. a lover, a stalker, or a killer? Or a killer. Um, <laughs> I wanted to watch, I was in the mood for a documentary and I wanted to watch one of the Oscar nominated documentaries, but I couldn't find one easily. I couldn't even find one to rent. There was a couple that I didn't, I wasn't really interested in, so I didn't really try to find them. But long story short, I wanted a documentary and this lover stalker killer was in the top 10 of Netflix. Um, And interestingly, Netflix is kind of known for their true crime Uh, series so you know typically they've moved to a model where there's three episodes about 40 minutes to an hour each Um, kind of these like uh, I would describe them as mini series so I thought this was interesting that this was an a traditional hour and a half documentary and I thought perfect I'll fit it in while George napped and then George decided to nap for less than an hour so I had to break this up anyways um which was a little bit annoying but it's fine so um the way that the doc so the documentary has a a cast of some interesting people it's definitely kind of a your traditional true crime um uh it felt very much like a almost like an episode of unsolved mysteries except we we know that this mystery is solved (laughs) and Essentially, the premise is this guy moves to a new, I want to say a new state, and he starts online dating. And then um, he has like two kind of relationships. And then out of these relationships, one turns out to be a stalker. And so that's the lover stalker killer. And so even the sort of like the intro to the documentary where they kind of like compile like a couple of the talking head interviews, but like edit it really quickly to kind of like open you up to the documentary. Um, They're like, this was the, you know, the talking heads would be like, this was the most surprising case of my career. Twists you'll never see coming, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, I saw the twist coming a mile away. Like this was not. <laughs> I don't know. You if weren't was... fooled for one minute. I was not fooled at first. I was kind of like, okay, like where's this going? And then something happened, probably in the first twenty minutes to half hour, and I'm like, I know who did it. That's not a twist. And then they still go like almost another twenty minutes, half an hour until the big reveal, and it's like. I saw that 30 minutes ago. Like that wasn't the twist you guys thought it was. So it was, you know, it was okay in terms of true crime documentaries. I guess the true crime field is so saturated now that like for it to really stand out, like you do need to have like a pretty interesting story. And I will say this wasn't this was an interesting story, but it definitely wasn't the twist or the shocker that they edited it to be um like it was just like a interesting true crime like it would have made an mm. interesting like 50 minute podcast episode right um, right like, you know like a true crime podcast but like each episode is a different crime i think yeah, like yeah. 45 minutes to an hour would have been sufficient that's I, all they needed <laughs> that's all you needed like if like back on the days of cable, this would have been like a forty-five minute ID episode, you know, with with right. commercials to make it an hour. It was yeah. fine. Um, like I said, like the the redeeming qualities is that the cast of characters. So like the main guy who he's a mechanic, he's like really down to earth, uh, very very likable. Um, and then like the two police officers that end up investigating very interesting guys and then there's like a guy who is their tech support i guess you could say another like weird character he was he was great so like these these real life people and they kind of play themselves in the documentary and that's why i said it reminded me a lot of a a unsolved mysteries episode because the original unsolved mysteries would have the the victims play themselves in the reenactments. Um, obviously, like, if they were available, you know, if they're a murder victim or missing, they can't play themselves. But the police officers or whatever normally were able to play themselves. So in this documentary, very similar to the Pez Outlaw that I reviewed last year, mm. from what I can tell, the actual people were kind of playing themselves in the reenactments, as far as I could tell. Mm. Sometimes I'm like, is that an actor? I'm pretty sure it was the actual people. So that's an interesting kind of device or whatever. Um, but yeah, like I was watching and I'm kind of like, okay, like, like fine. Um, I just think that they're, again, the market is so saturated that to have like a really gripping documentary, you have to have like a pretty good story. And I think this just would have made a better short like episode if that makes sense of a bigger franchise um but the the detectives and the the tech guy they would make a pretty funny tv show like i would watch them solve crimes together they were pretty good so all in all i would say this is a a light stream it um if you're in the mood for true crime and you've literally watched every single true crime special um, this one's for you. I will say that it's light on gore. Like there isn't. Um, so for a long time, they're like the there's never a body, if that makes sense in the documentary. So like you're not going to see crime scene photos. You're not going to see any mutilated bodies. They don't talk in depth 
about the crime itself because a lot mm. of the crime is kind of um what are they like um suggest like speculative like they don't actually oh, you know what I mean? like I they see. don't actually know specifically so what they're, happened they're, they're speculating as to what even happened yeah so like some so yeah. like that's interesting right like that is yeah so it's yeah i just think again it felt I think the fact that they were really, they edited in such a way that they're like, this is going to be so twisty. And, you know, like they didn't need to lean into that and they could have shaved off probably 20 to 30 minutes if they just kind of presented it more straightforward without trying to do like a big gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Um, definitely. So that's why it's a, a light stream it for me, but because it is an hour and a half, like it's pretty easy to just throw it on. Um, so yeah, that's that was my watch. Kind of like a, nah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. <laughs> Lover, yeah, that sounds sounds interesting. Like, like yeah. sounds like a lighter, li- nice lighter watch. Like not too bad to kind of stream and whatever. But yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, okay, well, just to remind people, screeningkingston.com. Go there to our website to sign up for our Oscars pool. You have from now until the day of the Oscars, which is March tenth. So you've still got a couple of weeks to go, but definitely get on there whenever you can. Uh, maybe you're like me and you're going to make your pick a little bit closer to. Um, but yes, we will, of course, be cutting it off when the Oscars begin. So you can't cheat. Uh, get that Oscar submissions in and try to uh, win a chance to host or produce your own episode of Screening in Kingston. So go to screeningandkingston.com and sign up for our Oscars pool. Go see some movies. <laughs>